welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silbiger. Welcome to the program. My name is Howie Silbiger. I just said that, didn't I? And uh, this is the Howie Subberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You could get in on the conversation just like the guy before me said. All you have to do is dial 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. So, um, I want to talk about the yeshiva that was shot twice this week. I can't talk specifically about that case. I'm an administrator at that yeshiva, and I I don't have any more information to share about the attack than the information that's already been released uh, to the media. There is nothing more that I could say about that specific attack, except for how repulsed I am by it. Any attack on a school, any school, is, is a repulsive attack on children. And attacking children is is absolutely insane. Children have nothing to do with anything. So an attack on children is completely crazy. I um I speak on behalf of myself. I don't speak on behalf of anybody else. I'm not speaking on behalf of the school. I'm not speaking on behalf of uh, of, of the Jewish community. I speak on behalf of myself, as I always have on this show. I've never spoken on behalf of anybody else. But I have to tell you that that it's it's absolutely repulsive when shots are fired at any school anywhere, when children's lives are put into danger. In the case of the schools in Montreal, both schools, United Tarmatory and Yeshiva Gadola, the children were not in the building at the time of the attack. But if, God forbid, they were, this could have been a lot worse. This could have been a totally different conversation. I uh, I don't believe in scaring people. I don't believe in talking out of the side of, of both sides of my cheek. I've always been extremely honest. And the uprise and the uptick in anti-Jewish attacks on the Jewish community, whether it be firing bullets into schools or beating people up in the street, or firebombing synagogues and federation buildings, or calling for the death of Jews, even in code, at pro-Gaza, pro-Hamas rallies, or attacking Jews in a university. The uptick of attacks on the Jewish people is enough to scare anybody living in North America to their boots. It is an insane amount of attacks on the Jews. The Montreal police released a statistic today. It was reported in many media outlets. The statistics said that they had, in the last three weeks, or in the last four weeks, since the October 7th massacre, since the October 7th genocide of the Jewish people in Israel, The 
increase in anti-Jewish attacks in Montreal has exceeded the total number of attacks against minority groups all of last year. That's just in four weeks. In the last five days, there has been an attack of firebombing of a synagogue, firebombing of a Jewish institution, Federation CJA, in the West Island, in Dollard. There's been the shooting attack of two schools, one school shot twice. There's been a, a riot, uh, just about a riot at Concordia, where Jewish students were attacked by Arab students. And that's all in the last five days. It should be, the reaction of the Jewish community, excuse me, should be outrage. shouldn't be fear, it should be outrage. Outrage that people feel that they could attack Jews with impunity. Outrage that our community is being targeted by Jew haters. Outrage that the world is standing by and allowing this to happen. Outrage is the reaction that should be. If this happened to any other community, aside from Jews, there would be riots in the streets. We saw it happen. We saw riots in the streets. We saw a full summer of riots in the streets. American cities being destroyed because one man was killed. Here we've had five attacks on the Jewish community, plus a attempted genocide of an entire nation. And the Jews have taken it in stride. I, I guess we're used to being attacked. I guess we're used to being the victim. I guess we're used to looking at, at, at the murder of Jews like everyone else, that Jewish blood is cheap. I, I guess we're kind of used to it. But Jewish blood's not cheap. And we shouldn't get used to something like this. It's infuriating. It makes me angry. It should make you angry too. It should make every single Jew in this city, in the city of Montreal, angry. It should make every Jew in the world angry. The time for sitting back passively has passed us a long, long time ago. So now we have a couple of choices. There's a couple of choices that the Jewish community is left with here. Either we allow these attacks to continue on our community and we, 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 we just kind of let it happen, which is not the best choice. I don't think that would be the best choice for the community. Or we start fighting back. We start showing that we're not the community that's going to allow people to attack us. We're not the community that's going to sit idly by as our institutions are, are fired upon, whether by by uh, by Molotov cocktails or guns. Our safety is paramount. Our security is paramount. And if we choose to stay in North America and Jews in, and Jews in North America are choosing to stay in North America. So the Jews that choose to stay in North America, even though we know that there are many, 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 many 
people out there who don't particularly like Jews. Might makes right. And unfortunately, we sometimes have to prove that, that we're not the weaklings, we're not the Jews of the 1940s, excuse the expression, but we're not. We're much stronger. We're much more organized, we're much more unified, and we will fight back. We learn the lessons of history. Many times in school, when I teach in schools, kids ask me, what is the point of learning history? Well, what is the point? And, and my answer to them is always, if we don't understand history, if we don't learn history, then we don't see the signs when things start repeating itself. History works in a cycle. And when things start repeating and, and the situation starts ramping up, if we don't understand the past, we could never understand the present and we definitely will never understand the future. This is what I answer kids whenever they ask me, why do we learn history? They never understand what I'm saying. But any adult living through what we're living through around the world, any adult understands that very clearly today. Yesterday at the University of Maryland, somebody chalked on the wall, in, in chalk, they drew on the wall the, the word Holocaust 2.0. That's what they drew on the wall. Holocaust 2.0. This happened right after a, a pro-Hamas rally at the university. Somebody wrote Holocaust 2.0 on the wall. The message is extremely clear. You can find video after video. Go into YouTube, search for them. You can find video after video of pro-Hamas demonstrators right across North America saying that Hitler didn't finish his job and that the Jews need to be eliminated. Now, now notice I didn't say the Nat. I didn't say the. Uh, I didn't say the Zionists. Notice I didn't say Israel. I didn't say the occupiers or the colonialists or whatever other code word they want to use for killing Jews. They're not even using the code words anymore. That's how blatant it is. They're not even using the code words anymore. They're saying the Jews must be killed. It's time to murder the Jews. It's time to destroy the Jews. It's time to get rid of the Jews. Now you have to be blind not to see this. The question is, can Jews count on foreign governments, on our host countries, because this isn't our land, we, we, we don't belong here, could Jews trust host companies to protect them? Sure, they paid a lip service, but usually the lip service has a little caveat to it. So today I was listening to, uh, to a bunch of press conferences uh, talking about the, the, the attack on two different Jewish schools over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of days, excuse me, not the last couple of weeks, over the last 72 hours. And all of the politicians said the exact same thing. We deplore anti-Semitism and we deplore Islamophobia. Well, why do you have to lump the two together? It's not Islamophobic to deplore anti-Semitism, is it? It's not Islamophobic to say Jew hatred is wrong, is it? Why do the two have to be lumped together? This wasn't an attack on the Muslim community. This was an attack on the Jewish community. I'm very confused by that. Why it always has to be lumped together? Why, why you can't say, I, I condemn this attack on the Jewish community and just leave it at that. Why you always have to lump the Muslims in there with them too? What are you afraid of? Why would you do that? Now, now, if you have an idea on this, you can give me a call, one 669 1292 It doesn't make any sense to me. 
And, and that's really where I'm coming from, that, that, that logically it makes no sense. But we see it all the time. We, we, see, we see it all the time. That any time uh, something happens and, and someone has to stand up for the Jews, whether it be Israel, whether it be Zionists, whether it be Jews, they always have to engage it with something else. They always have to, they always have to connect it to something else. And that's wrong. That's wrong. Why can't politicians, in good faith, stand up and say, we condemn the attack on the Jewish community. We condemn all the attacks on the Jewish community. We condemn the five, six attacks that have happened in the last 72 hours on the Jewish community. Why can't they just make a simple statement like that? Why does politics have to trump and political correctness and, and whatever wokeism that they are, they're living under have to trump standing with a community that's under attack? The mayor of Montreal said the community was under attack. And it has been under attack. So why can't the mayor of Montreal, who said the community is under attack, also say the community is under attack, but... The community is under attack, but we stand with I, I, we stand with the community. Why why can't the mayor of Montreal just stand with the Jewish community? Why does she have to interlace the attack on the Jewish community with the attack on Muslim, uh, with with Muslim Islamophobia, whatever that means? There's no Jews attacking Muslims. It's mind boggling to me. It's it's baffling to me. Look, we're Jews. We have to fight back. We have to defend ourselves. We have to teach our kids how to defend ourselves, how to defend themselves. We have to start teaching martial arts in, in schools. I've called for this for 30 years already. There must be teaching martial arts to every age group. There has to be free courses put together by Federation, teaching people, kids, adults, everyone, how to defend themselves. This is something that must be done. As the as the anti-Jewish sediment grows higher and higher, and as Jews choose to continue to live in this environment, the least we could do is defend ourselves and defend our property and defend uh, and defend our lives. Failing to do this is, is almost criminal. It's getting to the point where it's almost criminal. And so I, I call upon the federations to do this. I've, as a talk show host, I've called upon federations to do a lot of things over the years. Uh, they, they haven't always, they haven't listened to me at all, actually. And that's fine. They, they, they have their prerogative. They don't have to listen to what I have to say. At the end of the day, if more people knew how to defend themselves, if more people learned martial arts, if more people learned self-defense, the attacks on the Jewish people, at least the physical attacks on the Jews, not, not gun attacks or firebombs, but I'm talking the physical attacks in universities and on the street, those attacks would be minimized. At least the Jew would be able to have a have fighting chance and not get beaten up. At least the community would be doing something proactive. Sure, working with the police is great. And the police have been doing a great job. And I'm working with uh, politicians are great. The politicians have been doing a great job paying lip service. They've, they, they've, they've condemned and condemned and condemned. But at the end of the day, if you don't take care of yourself and you don't take care of your community, nobody else is going to do it for you. And, and failing to do that, we are failing our children. That's really what it comes down to. Failing to stand up and say, you know, all lives matter, our Jewish lives matter, and we're not going to allow Jewish blood to be flow, to flow in the streets anywhere, ever. 
And the only way we could prevent that is by, by learning self-defense, by learning to fight back, by teaching our children how to fight back and, and, and to defend themselves. Then that's what we have to be doing. And I know people can say, oh, look at that radical. But you know what? If you don't listen to the radicals, and I'm not calling myself a radical, but if you don't listen to, to the people you don't agree with, and some people may not agree with me, and if you're one of them, feel free to call in, one 669 1292 A lot of people won't feel that, uh, don't feel that, um, that uh, you know, oh, oh, they're saying, you know, you know, maybe it's a little too extreme. Is it? Is it really too extreme? Five attacks on the Jewish community in, in 72 hours? Uh, a man last Saturday getting up at a rally and calling for the extermination of Jews everywhere? That's not extreme. I, 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 you know, if the answer to that is let's defend ourselves and let's teach our children how to defend ourselves, I wouldn't find that too extreme. In fact, I would say that uh, this is uh, this is this is actually the the lower end of where we should be responding. Bernard Drainville, the education minister, called the attack on 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 Jewish schools terrorism. Maybe we should start using tough words. Maybe we should stop uh, padding the words that we use. I've said this a lot in the show, too. This has been a constant theme that I've talked about for years. Maybe we should stop padding the words we use. If you notice on this show, I never use, I, I hardly ever, unless I'm quoting someone, hardly ever use the word anti-Semitism. And I, I, I use the word Jew-hater. Not because I believe that the word anti-Semitism doesn't represent what what it's supposed to represent, what it was written to represent. But I were to use the word Jew hater because I think we should be clear when we talk. Because some people might misconstrue the word anti Semitism as meaning, you know, you're anti Semite, which which uh, you know, Semites are also Arabs. This is what they tell me sometimes. So if I say you're a Jew hater, that's pretty much clearer. That's a lot clearer than the than the uh, term anti Semite. So I think we should use terms that are very clear. I think we should speak with clarity. Uh, I, you got to remember that uh, a long time ago, a while ago, and those of you who have listened to the show for a long time know that uh, I don't use the word pedophile either. I use child molester. And, and, and the reason is quite simple. You know, if we cushion, cushion what it is in, in, in fancy words, it loses its impact. We, we have to speak clearly. We have to speak strongly, and we have to speak decisively, and we have to speak loudly. We cannot be silent anymore. Sitting back and saying this will blow over, it's not going to blow over. It's going to get worse and worse unless we step up to the plate and start hitting back. And anyone who wants to call me a radical for saying something like this, feel free. But that's what it is. We have to step up, we have to step to the bat, and we have to hit the home run. If we don't, I don't know why I'm using baseball analogies, but I, I like baseball analogies because they kind of work in different situations. But if we don't step up to the bat and we don't hit hard, as hard as we can, we'll be construed as weak and an easy target. Let's not be easy targets. I call upon Federation, once again, I'm going to repeat it again. Call upon Federation the Jewish Federation of Montreal and right across North America, actually, all the federations across North America to start organizing self-defense courses for the Jewish community. 
offered them for free. You raise millions and millions and millions of dollars. Find, find a few thousand dollars, organize self-defense courses for the Jewish community. Start teaching people how to defend themselves. Start teaching people how to physically defend themselves. It's the only way to survive today. The other option, of course, is to make Aliyah, to move to Israel. Now, that's the other option, and then you have the entire IDF defending you. So, so you know, we're pretty much on our own in North America. The police will defend you to a certain extent, and the, uh, the politicians will defend you to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, we're, we're pretty much on our own, so let's defend ourselves. And I can't say it, I can't say it clear enough, I can't say it enough times. It's time. It's time. I thought it was time 11 years ago. I thought it was time 20 years ago. But now I know it's definitely time, and then and, and we can't stand back, and we can't, we can't wait any longer. We're at a point in our history in North America where we're probably running out of, uh, out of um, the welcome space. You know, sometimes the guest comes over and they're welcome for a certain period of time, and then, then you outlive your welcome. I think we've gotten to that point. So I think uh, eventually we're going to have no choice but to move out of North America and, and to Israel, to home, to Israel. I think that's going to happen eventually. But right now, right now, if we choose to stay here, if we choose to live in this land, we have to understand that for many, we're not welcome. For many, not welcome means violence. And we have to be able to defend ourselves, our children, our institutions, our, our, our buildings. We have to be able to defend ourselves. And, and that's really all I had to say tonight. I, I really can't get into anything more or any more details about anything. I don't have any more details to get into. That's really how I'm feeling tonight. I'm feeling that we have to start teaching self-defense and we have to start defending ourselves. I've, I've, I think that you know a lot of us have to start filling out those nefesh benefesh uh, um, forms and start preparing to, to leave this place before it's too late. I think we're at the, uh, I think we're at the, uh, we're at that point. So let's uh, let's go to the messages on Facebook. How would self-defense courses stop nighttime shooters and arsonists? Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't stop nighttime shooters and arsonists. They're not worried about nighttime shooters and arsonists. If if people want to attack empty buildings, they could attack empty buildings. I'm worried about how human life. And people who attack empty buildings are generally sending a warning, and that warning is that hey, you know, just today it's an empty building, tomorrow it's a full building. I, I think that when people are, are attacked, learning self-defense is a good way to defend yourself. The students at Concordia could have defended themselves much better had some of them known self-defense. The Jews being beaten up on the streets would fare a lot better if they knew self-defense. Self-defense doesn't save you from every situation. Of course not. Nothing saves you from every situation but it mitigates the amount of damage that your enemy could commit upon you if you know how to defend yourself. Now, there are other ways to stop nighttime shooters and arsonists. There's plenty of other ways to do that, and the community should look at those ways, and I don't want to discuss those ways here on the air, but, but there are other ways for that to happen. But physical attacks on Jews, people attack you on the street, and it happens, it happens often, Self-defense would, would solve that problem. 
All right, that's it. I, I don't have anything else to say. There's a follow-up question. Should we carry weapons? Well, maybe. I, I wouldn't be opposed to people carrying weapons. A good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. I have no issue with that at all. I know, I know, we're supposed to be Canadians, we're supposed to be peace-loving, you know, kumbaya people, but uh, that's not the way it's working now for the Jewish community. If not everybody's carrying a weapon, at least the guards who are guarding our buildings should be able to carry weapons. It's my humble opinion. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you again tomorrow.